We are going to start this program just to give you an overview. Uh, Lee Finn with the Washington Policy Center drove up here from uh, Seattle today uh, to be with us. She's going to uh, provide a brief presentation sort of as an update on uh, education policy here in the state, uh, giving you an idea as to what's going on. Uh, Leave uh, would say that she's an attorney, but don't hold that against her. She, she went to law school over in Boston, uh, but has spent now more than a decade and a half uh, specializing in education policy, where she's called uh, pretty much every year in the legislature by uh, legislators of both political parties to come and testify about education-related issues. And so uh, Leave is going to provide us with sort of an overview after that. Uh, Mr. Charlie Crabtree is going to provide also sort of an overview uh, on the roles and responsibilities specifically of a school board. Uh, and then after that, we are going to get to the, the moment you've all been waiting for, which will be the, uh, the candidate form. And uh, before we do that, I want to go ahead. Can we give uh, our, our candidates and leave and Charlie a, a round of applause and thank them for being here? With that, we'd just like to say, appreciate your time. I know there's a variety of perspectives in this room, and uh, we're just so grateful for all of you uh, for being here and uh, want to honor and respect your time. So with that, we'll pass it over to Liev, uh, who will provide a presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. It's great to be here tonight. Thank you for this warm welcome and this beautiful place to talk to you. I'm so happy to be back in Bellingham. It's a beautiful area, and I've been here many times. I hope you can all hear me. Yes, okay, so my name is Lee Finna. I'm the Director for Education at the Washington Policy Center, which is a independent, nonpartisan think tank with a uh, uh, point of view, uh, a free market point of view. So when it comes to, we have centers of research in different uh, topics of policy, including government reform, tax reform, and the environment, transportation, healthcare, and, and I lead the, our Center for Education. And in education, we believe that uh, giving parents choice over the education of their children is the topmost priority. Uh, and uh, so what I thought I'd do is try to really focus on the facts as, I see, as they are represented by official state records about the state of public education in Washington. And I actually brought uh, the uh, records from, for those of you who are interested, I printed out the school report cards for the five school districts in this area, uh, showing the, num the percentages of students in your districts that are passing the state tests in math and reading. And as you all know, after the COVID school shutdowns for two years, the test scores have dropped seriously. And they are not coming back fast, as contrary to what's being represented by our represented by our state education officials. So in, so I thought I would just quickly, I'm not going to read all five test scores, but I thought since we were in the Meridian School District that it would be useful to just touch upon what's happening here in the Meridian School District. Uh, last spring in the state assessment of the children in the Meridian School District, only 29% met the state's standard in math and only five 45% met the state standard in English, and this is not acceptable. Your children can pass at 100% rates. These are not high-level tests. These are tests that every single child in the Meridian School District should be passing. So, as a, at, in reaction to these bad test scores and in reaction to the COVID school shutdown for two years, we've seen a drop of enrollment in Washington State that is the largest 
the largest in the nation from what I from my research. 4.5% of total enrollment in Washington has pulled their of the children in Washington state their families have pulled them out 46,000 children have been have been withdrawn from the public school system there's been an increase of 25% in private school enrollment a 42% increase in homeschool enrollment it's not because of lack of money the schools have never had so much money because of the recent increases by the state on the state property tax and local property taxes schools in Washington state received $19,000 per student on average statewide from all federal, state, and local resources. That's the highest amount we've ever had. If you figure this out for a class of 25, that's well over $400,000 per class. The COVID school shutdowns in Washington were the longest in the country because of the disproportionate power of the teachers union in this state. We were the 47th in the nation to reopen our schools. We could have reopened in the fall of 2020, but that didn't happen. The children were delayed from going to school for a whole year. This has really hurt the academic achievement of students in Washington State. After the pandemic, 70% of the students failed the state math exam, and 50% failed the state English exam. In the last two administrations, the state tests were not much better, with 61% failing in math in this last 2023 administration of the test, and 49% failing in English. The system, as a system, not as individual teachers, obviously individual teachers are doing their best within a difficult system, but the system as a system responded to these results by socially promoting children to the next level without ascertaining if they were ready for that next level. Students were being moved through without the skills they need to succeed in the next grade. Graduation standards are being lowered so the system can move them on out. Researchers at place like, places like Harvard, Stanford, and Georgetown are saying that unless something is done right now, right now, our students will have fewer postgraduate educational and vocational opportunities, lower earnings, on average in Washington State, six to seven percent lower earnings over the course of their lives for the, for the students of Washington State, and that our society in general will see significant economic losses. One Stanford professor, nationally renowned expert Eric Hanacek, calculated, the economic, calculated that the economic loss for Washington State will be in the $400 billion range over the 21st century. So what can be done? That's why many of you are here tonight, I know. One thing that can be done is to use the federal funds right now in the schools to provide individual tutoring so every child can catch up, can recover their pandemic learning loss. That's what all the experts are recommending, individual tutoring to assess where the children are and to catch them up. This is possible. They're about a year behind in school. They can be caught up. Every expert is saying that. Every common sense person says that. That's what they need, individual tutoring. And there's money in the system right now. And I just wrote an editorial uh, commending the governor for identifying $124 million in the last state budget for individual tutoring from these federal COVID relief funds. That should be the top priority of every school official in this state. Another thing that could be done is to redirect school district attention to these academics. State leaders during the COVID school shutdown passed Senate Bill 5044 in May of 2021, requiring school employees and school board directors to be trained in diversity, equity, and inclusion to eliminate institutional racism. This huge distraction from academics is, 
is indoctrinating children in harmful and divisive critical race theory concepts of white supremacy, institutional racism, inherent bias, oppressors and oppressed, and the related radical gender ideology in the schools. This is not what we need. We need to focus, we need to refocus on what the schools are for. A number of the districts in Washington and in California right now, this is, this is where everything's happening right now in California, but in Washington State, we also have districts that have pushed back and passed resolutions which reaffirm that our society is based on equal opportunity for all and that no student shall be taught that they are bad because of the color of their skin. Those districts are Chehalis, Peninsula, Kennewick, and Richland, and others on board soon, I'm sure. Now, last spring in Olympia, the people at OSPI and in the governor's office trying to put this false ideology into the schools are trying to clamp down on school districts asserting their rights to determine the curriculum that their teachers provide. They tried to threaten school districts by withholding 20% of their funding if they didn't adopt the textbooks that OSPI wants them to use. This did not succeed in the last section because there was an outcry from parent, local state, state parent groups. So this is a good time to just to quickly touch upon, I know Charlie's going to describe this in more detail, but it's quickly an important point to describe the power of school boards, all these good people running for school district. The statutes, the RCWs provide very clearly that the school boards act as the governing body of the district, much like a board of directors acts in a large business. They have RCW 28A, 0.320.015 says that the board of directors of each school district has broad discretionary power to determine and adopt written policies not in conflict with other law that provide for the development of and implementation of programs, activities, services, or practices that the board determines will promote the education and daily physical activity of the children, et cetera, et cetera. There, so this is the statute uh, that also provides that local school boards have the responsibility, that's uh, 28A.320.230, gives local school boards a responsibility to set district policy over instructional materials. And then there are other uh, powers of the board laid out in 28A.330, et cetera, the additional powers of the board to hire the superintendent, to employ the business manager, the attorneys, the architects, et cetera, et cetera. They're in charge, the school board. Okay, now, quickly, I'm almost finished. Back to the legislative session from the last, last spring. One of the bills that was passed in the face of 46,000 students pulling out of the public schools in Washington, one of the bills that passed the state Senate would reduce classroom instruction time by one day a week. That is Senate Bill 5054. The teachers union wants a four-day work week. Fortunately, that bill did not pass the House and next year is an election year, so we'll see what happens to that bill. But if ever there were a bad policy for Washington State, it would be to cut instruction time by 20% when children need more instruction from their teachers, not less. The COVID school shutdowns reveal that the state monopoly schools will, will not fulfill their duty to the children in Washington State in a crisis. In response to this realization and the outcry from parents across the country, Caring lawmakers in other states have passed the biggest expansions to school choice in our lifetimes. Universal school choice. Universal school choice. School choice means that parents can get their education money in an account and use it to choose a private school if that's better for their child, if they wish, or to homeschool their children. The states, since the COVID school shutdowns, the states of West Virginia, 
Arizona, Indiana, Utah, Florida, Oklahoma, Ohio, Arkansas, and South, Car South Carolina have passed universal school choice, making every parent eligible to, to tap into these funds if they are not satisfied with their local public school. And now, maybe even North Carolina and Texas will pass universal school choice. That remains to be seen. If these latter two states pass school choice, about 30% of America's school children will be eligible to take their dollars and obtain a private school education. The research shows that school choice, known as funding the child, not the system, provides more education options and opportunities for children, which is obviously good for them and their families, but it also provides competition to the government schools. In places like Florida, where the public schools have a lot of school choice competition, the government schools have responded by improving the services they provide. The Swedish education minister, where they have had vouchers for many, many years, allowing parents to use their money to go to private school if their local public school is no good, the Swedish education minister said that education is too important to rely on only one provider. So with that, I'll close. We are at an incredibly exciting time to be a school board director. There is lots happening in this space. I commend every one of you who is running for school board. It is a very important job. You have great powers to delegate and decide upon. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Leif. Appreciate your, your comments. Uh, I also got a request. If it's possible, could we turn up the volume? I don't know if that would be helpful for, for some of the folks in the back, but uh, I think it, it might be helpful if, if the volume's up a, a little bit more. Uh, we'd also like to give a, a thank you to Bellingham Metro News, by the way, who's also live streaming uh, today's event. And with that, I'll hand it over to uh, Charlie Crabtree, who is the uh, founder and current editor of The Fourth Corner and uh, personally has been a school board director right here in the Meridian School District. So with that, let's give him a round of applause. Good evening, everyone. It's kind of uh, going to be interesting following leave here on some of the things that she brought up I'm going to bring up. But the point of me being here tonight is to express some experiences I've had and some of the rules and the regulations and the traditions that school boards run into when they're dealing with education here in school board, school boarding in Washington State. So I have 12 years on the Meridian School Board and um, it was a wonderful and great experience. I'm working now on a, in a different area of education. So where do we start? There's really lots to talk about and a very little bit of time. So let's start with you guys, everybody here, getting elected. What happens after you get elected? From that day onward, until you resign or your term ends, your duty is to be an advocate for public schools in your district. That's stated in the RCWs. You will be in leadership in your local school system and your community as a whole. So now you have a title. You are our board director in Whatcom County in your school district. You are raring to go. What can you do as a single member of a board to improve the whole district? Well, the short answer is, as a single member of the board, very little. But you can be a model that handles 
good standards and values like leadership, communications, accountability, and taking the time as a board member for professional development in that field. So I've handed out to most of the board members I was able to get a hold of what, what that means as a, a single board member and how you react to, um, to the public based on being one board member. Now, you are not, as a board member or a single person, the manager at any level currently in any school district except when sitting as the board. The superintendent is your board manager. So you can't go to a school building into a classroom and say you're fired to a teacher. You can't go into a principal's office and say I don't like the way you're doing this thing directly. Currently the way it's set up and school boards have voted, local school boards have voted on this in the past, the way it's set up is that the allocation of power goes to the superintendent but that allocation of power is voted on by school boards. So there is an option and a possibility to make some changes in that particular area if you need to. But the thing is, as a school board member, and in many cases as a school board, you don't manage anything but the superintendent. Now school boards are a strange animal in that they govern in a curious way. They're kind of a little bit schizophrenic. They, they uh, it, not only personally, but um, as a matter of governance. So they are both a legislative body and an executive body. And they work from both of those areas of government to govern the school district. So you you're governing a school district when you're meeting as a board. Board meetings are held in public at a predetermined location, predetermined time and date, so the public always knows as far in advance as possible when the meeting's going to be. It is a meeting held in public, but not strictly for public participation. The public can watch, but they don't take, they're not able to partake in the exchange of things going on on the board unless, as in many school districts in Washington State, those school boards have adopted a, a policy to have, um, to basically have a time for public input. I know in Meridian it used to be, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be three minutes at the beginning of the meeting, uh, anybody from the public could step up and say what they needed to to the board. The board would listen and then continue on with their agenda. So in most cases, the public can speak, but it's limited. The business of the board is to be watched by the public, not take public input for their board meeting. So the second part, besides um, you have to take action as a full board. So all five of you, or a quorum of at least three. Some of the things you could do when you sit as a board are that you pass policies. The most key thing in the whole, the whole set is for a school board to pass policies, hire and fire a superintendent, make all the decisions on issues to brought to you by the superintendent, 
sign all the documents at the meeting, vote on policies, and any other items addressed on the agenda. In most cases, your power on matters in the district are managed by the superintendent, as I've said before. They create a job description, you approve a job description. So there is your check and balance on teacher's job descriptions and, and administrator job description. So those are the kind of things um, in open session. Votes are taken and recorded in, in public. The exception will be in executive sessions where personnel and real estate matters are discussed. But even then, the board has to come back into session, public session, to pass whatever they talked about in that executive session if they tried to take action. The board is the thing that approves, delegates, and responds to the community. And in this, the board, like I said, is schizophrenic, and they do regular work as, as on the legislative end. Um, they pass board policies, and you could compare board policies to ordinances at the county or city level, and to actual RCWs at the state level, that policies are the laws of that particular school district. So what you pass as a majority of a board becomes part of the working body of laws in a school district. You could, you could put local touches on so many mandates that come down from the state government. You could put local touches on the policies they, they bring down in Olympia. Right down to you can create any of your own policies and resolutions with advice from staff when and if necessary. Many, moving on to many of the executive powers are delegated to the superintendent. As far as the executive functions are concerned, there's really only one thing at the current time in current practice that has to do with executive, like a governor or a chairman of the council or whatever, uh, mayor, and that is the hiring and the firing of a, a superintendent. And that where a lot of, is where a lot of your power resides. So the board hires and fires the superintendent whose office name in law and function is defined in state law as the executive director of, of the school district or also defined as secretary to the board. So he takes care, he or she takes care of anything that you want to be taken care of as a board. In other places, and basically the chief of education in your district is the superintendent. Board duties as executive include evaluating, holding accountable, hiring, and replacing the superintendent. There are three main areas that the board needs to pay attention. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? All right, so these three items, if you listen to what they are and what their subpoints are, are where there can be a lot of power in your school district to change the direction if that's what you're desiring to do in your school district. You have to do it with the majority of the board. You create a job description. You can create a job description for a superintendent every time that you're looking to hire a superintendent. 
They include setting the standards for the person you're going to hire. I know in Meridian School District, one of the prerequisites for becoming a superintendent here was you had to live in the district. And the reason you had to live in the district was Meridian had the lowest tax base of anybody in the county. We wanted the superintendent to suffer to, through the taxes we paid to put people through school in this, in this district. So the, the next thing was defining the hiring process itself. From su hiring someone you know as a board after an interview, you can do it that way. Or, clear to the other end of the spectrum, is have a more involved process that takes into account community, parents, staff, community at large, input on the finalist. And then the final three are interviewed after that by the board and they make a selection. But they've done it with a lot of community input, partnership with the community, communicate back and forth with the community, and this guy's up here saying a community. And community a lot is important because that communication piece is the thing that is gonna draw any change in a school district in the future. The last thing, the most important thing that, as an executive piece is accountability and evaluation. Again, for any newly hired superintendent, you can set up a system of evaluation and this can be done at any time. You can decide how often that superintendent is going to be evaluated. In that evaluation, what we've seen in the past is you set goals for the superintendent and the district, and you measure those goals on a timely basis frequently. And you rate all of those evaluation points you came up with. These are a few of the high points that you could say, well, you know, superintendent, we had, we've had a problem lately in finance. There's a couple districts. Hello. Uh, having a heck of a problem with finance. And this is one of the places where you can put an evaluation point in. And if they don't make a change in three to six months, you evaluate them in that manner. And if they want to keep the job, they'll probably make some changes. So as my time up here draws to a close, I'd just uh, like to see, say that the Meridian School District, the basic goals always were, at the end of the day, students must be safe and students should be taught basic education. Our goal was to have kids safe at the school so they had a solid, safe environment to learn in. We wanted to give every student the opportunity to maximize their potential no matter where they came from and instill lifelong learning so they could be ready for all the challenges of the 21st century. Everything we as a local board did was for that purpose. A lot of mandates, money from Olympia with strings, would get in the way but we persevered in our endeavors. As a board member, one of the things I am most proud of here in Meridian is the way that boards over the long term stuck together in our dreams and our wishes and our goals for Meridian kids. I came on the board in the last century and someone on that board was always pushing the fact that we needed an other than college prep only goal for our students. The Bellingham School District had adopted that goal and there were board members in Meridian that thought the trades and other opportunities should be included in the things we needed to be successful. 
We have stuck to that general goal all these years. Just one more paragraph. In addition to that, we were among the first to adopt the PPP for our families and students. The Parent Partnership Program led us into the world of having a public homeschool partnership opportunity for all the homeschool kids and public school kids. We built an FFA barn as our ongoing commitment to our ag origins. We built two brand new schools and major remodel for another, all within tight budgetary constraints in a district that has little tax base. With a lot of hard work and a focus on the students and the community involvement, you too can improve your district and your kids can experience in the public schools. Thanks so much for running for this office. I'm glad to see so many of you out here and so interested in this process. I generally spoke at school boards at, to empty houses. So thanks for coming out and God bless you and, and uh, help you with change. Thank you. This is a Whatcom County School Board Candidate Forum on KGMI, Bellingham HD2 92.9 FM here in Bellingham. Once again, KGMI Bellingham. Also, I, I wanna take a moment to, to also recognize that there are some elected officials Either some of you are on the school board currently, uh, you may not be a candidate this year, but if you either have been an elected official or are currently in an elected capacity, would you please just stand up so we could, so we could thank you for, uh, for being here and for your service. Thank you all. How are you all feeling? Ready to get going? Good, well thank you. Uh, then we are going to just start this off, you know, it's always sort of interesting when you have a panel this large of, you know, how do you, how do you manage something like this? So I just want to start from, from you, Beth, to the, to the end to do a two-minute introduction. You have a timer right here, by the way, um, who Charlie didn't, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and, and he's going to give you yellow means 30 seconds, correct? 30 seconds. Red means no more seconds. And what does green mean? What do you want green to mean? Green is, green is good to go. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. With that, we will start with Beth. Hello, my name is Beth Perry, and I'm a lifelong Whatcom County resident, and I've lived in Ferndale for 20 years. My husband and I have three children who we homeschool. And I became interested in the school board in about the fall of 21, and I was talking about masking issues. And I found out that the school board really was not that interested and listening to the public comment. And I eventually stopped going for a while, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll run for the school board eventually when I get old. And um, this spring, somebody said, hey, Beth, Kevin Erickson is up for re-election. You should run against him. And I said, well, that's interesting. We go to church together. Um, but she also said, uh, you know, he's never had an opponent. And so another political mentor said, everybody should have a choice. And so on who they vote for and no one should run unopposed and so i thought okay i'll give this a go and find out how i'm going to do this i'm um so my biggest issues i want to as a homeschool mom you're wondering why i'm running for school board and when you're homeschooling these days the dynamics of the school, homeschooling society has very much changed and you don't hear the socialization question you hear the i wish i could homeschool but comment a lot from so many parents and you're realizing there are so many parents that want to be part of that 35% that have pulled their kids out of school. They're not happy with it, but they can't 
because of financial issues, uh, mental health issues, a lot of issues. And you're saying, if we are not hitting the mark in our public schools that much that I'm hearing it from these parents, then we have to make our public schools the best option for every single child. So thank you. My name is Kevin Erickson, and I've had the privilege of being on the school board for uh, 12 years now. I want to thank Beth for providing me with competition. Anytime you have competition, it brings out the discussion and helps out. So I think that's an excellent idea. Um, I started on the school board because I saw the importance of kids and making sure they had a good quality education, and that um, conviction has only expanded. All of our kids deserve a quality education. They're the future of our society, and we need to make sure that all of them, not just the upper end, not just the lower end, not the ones in the middle, every kid needs to succeed. Um, it's also important to me that our schools partner with parents. Parents are the students' first educators. They're the ones that set that foundation, um, and we need to work on what they've taught them and build on it and to work with them as part of that because that's kids learn best when they've got their parents involved. Schools must be safe. We've heard that and talked about it. We've all seen too many episodes of school shootings and everything else. We need to make sure that our kids feel safe because can any of you learn if you don't feel safe? You know, can you focus on what's going on if you're not sure what's happening around you, if, if you're not sure if Simon's going to sneak up behind you and scare you? Um, those become important aspects. And schools also must be fiscally responsible. Um, taxpayers are not endless supplies of money. We need to be you know, cognizant of that, and we need to provide a good value to our communities. Uh, I think one of the things I've got is experience. Navigating the system is not easy. I will say that one of the best things that I've done is been participating in hiring our new uh, superintendent, Dr. Dominguez. Um, she is taking us in excellent directions, and some of the information that will be coming out here shortly, I've seen some of the preliminary stuff from Ferndale. Our enrollment's up. Our scores are going up. They need to go up. There's no doubt about that. And I just want to be, continue to be part of that move. So thank you. Hi, I'm Nancy Button, and I'm running for Ferndale School Board. I taught in the district for 20 years and now wish to serve students and families in a new way. My children attended Ferndale schools as well, K through 12. As a parent and as an educator in the district, I've seen both sides of the public school experience and will provide a unique and valuable perspective to the board. As a teacher, I saw the effects of decisions made by the school board and administration on students and learning. I saw many reforms come and go over two decades, and none of them improved the learning for the majority of students. Test scores have not improved yet since the COVID-19 learning loss. I have a positive vision for how we can create successful students by focusing on academics, transparency, and fiscal responsibility. I've been listening to parents and taxpayers' concerns about education while out door knocking and meeting my constituents. I believe we need to change how we teach children. The 100-year-old one-size-fits-all model isn't working. We need to be open to different models of instruction and look to successful schools as examples to pilot here in Ferndale. They exist. The outdated model of advancing students by age, not mastery of content, hurts their prospects. At the same time, I know that for many Ferndale taxpayers, the household budget is very tight. 
by using existing funds and not raising taxes, we can help our kids and do better by our community. We also need to be mindful that a wholesome and orderly school environment is a necessary part of learning. Many teachers have come to board meetings with concerns that more children present mental health issues in class. We need to get teachers more help in the classroom. I would also like to add one or more school's resource officers to enhance safety for students, staff, and visitors. I look forward to working with our new superintendent and my colleagues on the board to prioritize these changes, and I humbly ask for your vote. Thank you. Tony Jefferson. Uh, good evening. My name is Tony Jefferson. I am uh, a current board member. I um, assumed the role in February of this year, uh, Jesse Deardorff's position. Um, I'm an enrolled tribal member, uh, parent of a 12-year-old that attends Horizon right now, uh, a wife of my husband, 12 years. Um, I graduated from Seattle University with a leadership executive MBA and Really what that degree was is it focused on uh, three quarters of leadership and coaching and change management, and then the other three years was uh, focused on business. So I think those skills are really helpful at this table when we're looking at the district and the, the large responsibility that um, sits at that table. I'm also the former general manager for the Lummi Indian Business Council. We over I oversaw 18 departments. Um, so I'm very familiar with administration and the responsibilities of uh, an administrator of an organization, you know, that size and how to work with a board. I also understand what the board responsibilities are um, when it comes to setting policies and supporting administration. Uh, I'm currently the HR director for the Silver Reef Casino, so I have a lot of personnel matter experience. Um, so when that comes to the table, I'm able to help advocate and navigate through those um, legal matters. Um, my position is, uh, you know, safety is obviously the number one. You know, our children need to feel safe to come to school so that they can focus on learning. Catching up, yes, we absolutely need to catch up. My son is one of those that needs to catch up. I'm looking at extra tutoring for that. Um, and then fiscally responsibility, you know, we have a fiscal responsibility to our taxpayers. And so um, if, if afforded the opportunity, those are the three priorities that I would focus on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good evening. My name is Kimberly Ockrey. I currently serve for the Blaine School District in, um, in our first um, district. Sorry. Um, I actually was appointed to the position in January. We had one of our directors uh, had to step down for personal reasons, and I had long thought about running for school board because I felt like it was something that would be um, beneficial uh, for me personally. I really am invested in community. I went to Blaine School from kindergarten through 12th grade. My children went through Blaine schools. Um, my oldest just graduated in 2020. My youngest now is a senior this year. Um, I've had the privilege of experiencing the school district through my own eyes and then through the eyes of my children. And so when that opportunity arose for me to have a voice and have some, um, have the opportunity to make decisions for all of the students, I decided that that was something I wanted to do. 
Um, and, you know, we <laughs> talked, they talked about funding uh, for schools. Blaine is in one of those situations. Unfortunately, my second school board meeting, we had to talk about making cuts. Um, and it was very unpleasant. It was not a, it wasn't a fun meeting. Um, There's a lot of people who were very upset in the community. Uh, the board members, we were having a difficult time with it too. And so I understand uh, how important this, these positions are and how big of a responsibility it is. So when you say you're going to step up for this, you have to also understand that uh, it is, there are some difficult dec decisions to be made. Um, I, I have two children, like I said. I think one of the greatest thing about public schools is that I have two children who are amazing and wonderful and so vastly different. Um, and they got the same education, but they needed uh, different help than, you know, and they received it from the school. And so I appreciate that, and I'm sorry I'm over. But anyway, thank you very much. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, thank you all for being here. My name is uh, Jim Verberg, uh, and I'm running for uh, Lidded School Board Director Position 3. Um, I'll try to be as brief as I can so I don't get the red card. Um, just want to talk to you a little bit about the reasons I decided to run. Um, number one, it's not, I'll tell you why it's not. It's not that I have copious amounts of free time or want to start a burgeoning political career. This is the first time I've run for office, although I have served on two uh, curriculum committees in Linden. Um, but I believe in servant leadership, and I believe that this is uh, my way of serving a community I love that I've lived in for about 20 years. I live there with my wife and my daughter, who is currently a senior at Linden High School. Um, and so for me, this is an opportunity to serve my community, and like a lot of others said, my priority is going to be the students and also parents, right? Parent involvement. Um, we also have a lot of really good staff at our schools. Um, but ultimately, um, that's why I want um, to run. Secondly, you know, just like a lot of us, during 2020, I watched what happened. Um, you know, in, in a broad sense, we saw, uh, you know, it wasn't a virus that did the things to us in 2020. It was uh, po our politicians and our leaders making decisions. And we heard uh, Ms. Finney talk about, you know, the dropping in test scores. That's a direct result of what happened in 2020. I believe that there needs to be some accountability for what happened in 2020, and I think I represent that. <laughs> Thirdly, um, fresh perspectives. Uh, in any job, I, I'm cut from the private sector, and, um, and no matter how well somebody does, fresh perspectives uh, good, and I think I offer that. I also offer in terms of experience, um, just, you know, I, in, in my world, I work uh, with RCWs and WACs all the time, different set of rule books. I work in the environmental field. Um, so I understand the difference between a law and a rule and an edict. Um, and so I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. I did get the red card. Hi, my name is Dora Smith. The United States spends more money on education than any other country in the world, and yet we get the worst outcomes. Reporting scores of less than 50% in English and 40% in math show that even Linden is failing. 
Rather than indoctrinating young people with inappropriate racial, sexual, and political material, our schools must be totally refocused on preparing our children to succeed in the world of work and the world of keeping our country strong. We owe our children great schools that lead to great jobs and to a far greater country than we're living in right now. We are living in a failing nation because of Joe Biden and Jay Inslee in our nation and state. What they're looking to do, what they're doing to our country is incredibly bad, but we'll take care of that for our children. Here are six key ideas to make our schools great. One, we will respect the right of parents to control the education of their children. Two, we will make sure our classrooms are focused on teaching the knowledge and skills needed to succeed reading, writing, math, and science. Three, we will teach students to love our country, not hate our country like they're being taught now. Fourth, we will achieve schools that are safe, secure, and drug-free. Fifth, we will ensure our students have access to project-based learning inside the classroom to train them for meaningful work outside the classroom. And sixth, we will return power to parents and school boards to hire and reward great principals and teachers and fire those who do not support these goals. This is how we will ensure a great education for every American child. I've heard a lot that experience matters, but experience in a failing system is not experience we want to reelect. So I hope you'll vote for me because I'll bring sound and fresh ideas to turn our schools around and give our children the education they need. Hi, my name is Ken Owsley. You can call me Spin. You can ask me how I got that name later. I don't want to get the red card. Um, I'm currently on the Linden School Board. I was appointed last year to fill a vacancy. I, uh, I put my name in that hat for uh, the main reason that I'd, I'd heard a, a lot of anger towards school boards, and rather than participate in that, I decided I wanted to uh, step in the shoes of a school board director and find out what it was like. Um, I share a lot of the anger that parents had over the things that happened, uh, school closures, uh, and and uh, but but rather than just complain about it, I decided I wanted to, to do something about it and see really what it what it was like to be a school board director. It's very much a thankless job, but we do it anyway because we believe uh, in the importance of education and we uh, believe in our kids. Uh, I've lived in the Linden School District for 25 years ish. Um, and I put four kids through uh, the Linden School District, four kids in Linden High School. My youngest is currently a senior, although thanks to COVID, he has never stepped foot in the high school. He's currently doing uh, auto mechanics at, the, uh, at uh, BTC. Um, and the reason I point that out is because I'm often asked, what are the most important things facing the Linden School District? And I think those are, in no particular order, are the state of our facilities. We desperately need a new high school. Uh, nobody understands better than I do what the impact that's going to be on, uh, on our taxes. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, I've toured the high school with my daughter uh, and asked her to tell me all the problems that, that, she, that she experienced uh, going through that high school. Uh, it's very eye-opening. If you're a Linden uh, resident and you haven't done that, you should do that. Talk to, talk to uh, the superintendent, and he'd be happy to take you through the school and see why we need to do that, like a lot of other uh, school districts have. Uh, we have a budget problem that we need to solve. Um, we need a performance problem that we need to solve, something that I've talked to directly with our school superintendent about many times, about how we uh, meet our performance goals. 
Um, and we need to restore the authority of the board, restore the authority of the board so that it can be accountable to parents. So thank you. Thank you, Common Threads Northwest, for having this forum. I'm Teresa Sigatowitz, and I'm a candidate for position five at the Mount Baker School Board. I'm a fifth-generation resident of the South Fork Valley. As a proud Mount Baker graduate, I joined my relatives on both sides of my family, the Scutchicks and the Sigatowitzes, as graduates of Mount Baker High School and earlier normal school, dating back to the 1890s. I'm a very proud Mount Baker Mountaineer with extensive community service. We need to return to a monetary monetarily healthy school district, not a broke, over-budget district as we are now. It's time for change. We need to return to when Mount Baker School District was the school you wanted to take your children to attend. Currently, our graduates are some of the lowest scores in the county. It's time for change. I believe in kids, safety, and learning. Our kids are the most important. Our students need to feel safe, secure, before they, before they can start to learn. Parents need to be assured that their children will be safely returned to them at the end of the day. I believe in parental rights. They are the primary educator of our students. I am thankful for the endorsement and or support that I have received. This is from both Democrats and Republicans and independents. This race is not a partisan issue. It's about our kids. Our children, this is for our children and their future. Last two days I was shopping and a resident told me, I'm voting for you, Teresa, because you got good common sense. This is somebody I went to high school with. She knows me. And other shoppers that were in line waiting for the groceries said, I join with her. We're all voting for Teresa for school board. I thank you for your support. I am humbled by the support I've gotten from my community. Our Mount Baker School District needs our help in November. It's time for change. Well, thank you for coming, and thanks, Charlie, for such a good intro to school board service. I've enjoyed serving alongside you uh, many years ago as your neighboring school district. I'm Russ Pfeiffer Hoyt, and I've served on the Mount Baker School Board for 24 years. I currently serve as board president. The experience that I bring is vital to successfully leading our school district. Student safety is my highest priority. As a parent and grandparent, I know how important safety is to every parent. Two main priorities that I have are improving academic achievement. I recognize the challenges and district finances. Academic achievement starts with early education. I help start our play and learn program for preschool parents to learn with their children. In early grades, we focus on learning to read. Reading is the foundation of all other subjects. I've made sure that our high school schedule includes opportunities for all students to follow their academic and vocational interests. We have a very strong vocational program. Most of our students also participate in athletics, music, drama, or FFA. 
Employers notice the strong work ethic of Mount Baker graduates. I work hard to improve our district finances, which is challenging because of unfunded state mandates. For decades, the state took most of our local timber revenue. I led successful statewide efforts to fix this, bringing several million dollars back to Mount Baker. I helped start our capital projects program to maintain our buildings. I'm now helping lead statewide efforts to improve funding for rural school buildings. I'm proud of Mount Baker School District. The strength of our district comes from the community's support. We face many challenges. We don't choose those challenges, but we choose how we respond to them. I feel that my experience and dedication are valuable to help our district meet those challenges. Thank you. Testing, testing. Thank you very much. The first, the first question. No, I think we're gone again. Hello. There wouldn't be a public forum without some type of tech issue. There we go. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with you at, at the very end. Uh, and the question for you uh, sort of revolves around something I think everyone's touched on, uh, which is could you walk us through your your a philosophical sort of background maybe on how do you balance the interest of the state in providing an excellent uh, public education and uh, parental interests in their students' education as well. And that'll be uh, 90 seconds. Uh, the, your your co-running mate, so to speak, will have 30 seconds to add or rebut that, and then we'll move over uh, for your running mate to, to start off the, on the next question. Okay, thank you. That's a very, that's a very excellent question. And so the, um, the state sets uh, in, in, in law, many of the requirements that we have, including graduation requirements, also through the State Board of Education. Uh, we, we work to meet those, and, but involving parents starts at preschool level. We, that's why we started our, pre, our, our Play and Learn program to get parents involved with their children prior to school. We, we invite parents to visit our schools, uh, they serve in the classroom. Um, parents serve on our on our um, curriculum committees, and we we really truly believe that parents are the are the first and foremost educators of their children. So, I I think we and then we also have very strong parental support in our secondary um, schools, uh, in in um, both uh, both with FFA. And, and band and, and athletics. So we really appreciate the parental involvement at, at Mount Baker. Thank you very much. And a response. Can you repeat the question, please? Yes, the, the question was, uh, what's your philosophy when it comes to balancing the uh, role of the state in providing excellent uh, public education to students and the, the role of uh, parents in, in having an interest in the education that they receive as well? well More or less, that was the question. The ultimate thing is there's the student how's the student learning how you get where to get the most for the student that they can learn at their level and succeed in life that's the ultimate goal 
and as far as the state funding, you go with what you can and you look with a sharp pencil on things you don't have to do and you look for a, just a good old common sense about what you can do and what you can't do. And if you have to go to the lawyers, you got to go to the lawyers. But Thank I you. don't encourage that. Now, the next question is, is for you, Teresa, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take turns just like that. Uh, would, would you state uh, what you think the, the best quality is in your opponent and uh, something that you think you provide that maybe your opponent does not? My best, by, my opponents, I worked with Russ and the fire department. We're both uh, worked with, along with the, uh, our fellow firefighters in District 16 at ACME. He is uh, very committed to uh, the community, and I thank him for his over 25 years of service on the Mount Baker School Board. And where I differ is I got a backbone, and it's my dad was a logger and a farmer, and I, I know I'm very, you think I'm real soft, but I got a backbone, and it's all about my commitment to kids at risk in this county and also for my school. So thank you. Um, so as, as Teresa mentioned, we did serve together on, on the Acme Fire Department for quite a few years. And I think Teresa's best quality that the, for school board service is her in, both her involvement with the community and her deep understanding and love for the community. Um, it's, it's evident in, in the relationships that she has, and, and um, our, her, our, our, our relationship ac actually goes back even further than that, because her father worked for my grandfather for about 20 years in the logging business, so, so we, we've uh, known each other for a long time. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll move now to, to spend, you know, that's what I love about Mount Baker out there is how much uh, everybody knows each other out there, which, which is an excellent quality. Uh, we'll, we'll now turn to, is it okay if I call you Spin? You gave me permission to do that, right? Good. Uh, what would you do specifically to improve learning outcomes in your school district? Say it again. What would you do to improve learning outcomes in your school district? Look, I, I mean, that's a really hard question to answer. It, it really is. I've been on the school board for a year. So um, if I don't have a really good answer, it's because, frankly, I'm not 100% sure. I've spent a lot of time with, uh, with, uh, with Van Riot and with uh, Van Wick, our director of uh, education, talking about curriculum, talking about uh, what we're doing in the school district. The, the problem for me right now is that we've got a new superintendent. We've got a set of, uh, we've got a set of district policies, uh, not policies, but uh, um, strategic plans that we have no mechanism for measuring. So when we, when we went and, uh, and we did the evaluation of the superintendent, we didn't really have anything to evaluate him against. And so the thing that the current board president and I said together was we need to establish this. And we've talked to, uh, to uh, Van Der Yacht and we've talked about doing that. In fact, I was just texting Van Der Yacht the other day saying, you know, one of the most important things you and I need to do very soon is figure out how we're going to measure the school district against our strategic plan. So um, I will say one thing finally, I'm not 100% sure how, how much I trust the, the, uh, the test scores. I sat with some teenagers, my daughter, some friends of hers, and I said, look, do you, when you take those tests, do you take them seriously? 
And she said, Dad, nobody takes those tests seriously. They don't affect our grades. Our teachers tell us they don't affect our grades. So the question I have is how much does that really affect the percentage, the passage percentage? I don't know the answer to that question, but it concerns me that kids don't take those tests seriously. So thank you. So I would like to keep in mind our constitution of our country and of our state. We're a representative government. This means we're self-governing. And I believe the uh, learning outcomes could be directly ex um, improved if we, the people, had more control or access to the education process. But right now, it's opaque. We sit behind a wall. We don't know what's going on. There's practical things that can be done. It would, it would be things like um, using books and reading, having circles and discussing with young people what it says and stop using computers and having such a, uh, um, a digital or paperwork or bureaucratic type of standard that we're trying to comply with. Thank you. Uh, the, the next question, and, and we'll, we'll stick with, uh, with you, Doris, is what is something about either yourself or the role of school board that you don't think most people know that you would like to know? Something about myself. Something or about yourself or, or the, the office for which you seek that you think the, the average voter may not know that you think they, they should know about. Uh, for myself, uh, I have a literature degree and I love classics and I'm very inquisitive. I love learning and I would like to impart that joy of learning to all the children in our schools. Thank you. And the same question for you, Spin. Um, I, I think that, uh, I don't know if, if people know this or not, but one of the things that I've been on quest is to figure out how much authority the board has versus what the law has versus what the administrative state has. There's a lot of consternation about that. Uh, my experience from reading the RCWs and comparing those to our, our board handbook at Inland Inn is that the board actually has a lot of authority. The board has a lot of authority. And some of that authority has been given over to the administration. I think we need to take that back. Um, and we need, to, uh, we need to find a balance between the what law, what, what's law, what are we required to do by law, what are we don't have to do by law. And that's been a struggle for me for a year on the board is to try to, to find that out and to learn. So that's, that's what I would say. Go ahead, Doris. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, I say I'm sorry. Something. Yeah, I think okay. I think you already covered that. Thank you. Uh, we'll we'll now turn to uh, to to Jim, uh, who will answer the the next question, and it, it's a simple one. What would be your number one priority if elected to the school board? Uh, number one priority, you know, at least you know. So I've been to the last uh, couple school board meetings. At least in the interim, is is finances. Um, we've got you know, uh, a budget deficit we're running um, right now. One of the things, and we, and we our, our projected budgets deficits less than it was supposed to be, but a lot of that's driven by a slight increase in enrollment. I worry about if some of these 
policies, you know, that are coming down from the state, you know, cause more parents to remove their kids from school, that, that will, it'll impact our budget. And we've got a lot of, a lot of um, needs within the school district, uh, especially, you know, uh, you know, with our paraeducators. We lost a few paraeducators, and, and those are really important roles. roles. My wife was a paraeducator, so that, that would be probably my number one priority out the gate. Thank you. And uh, we'll go ahead and just take turns, Kim. I know you're you're in a different uh, in a different district, uh, but we'll go ahead and just do do the same question uh, for for you. Uh, what would be your your number one priority uh, if if you uh, I guess are st stay on the uh, the school board in Blaine? I think that is a difficult question to answer when you ask someone for a number one priority, especially you've had some time to sit on the board now and you realize there are so many moving parts. Um, you don't. You don't just come in. I think that's one of the things I talked with a friend of mine who served on the board. He's like, I came in, I had these ideas of what I wanted to do. I came in because I was really passionate about this, and then I realized that there were so many other things that we have to deal with. And so for me, my main goal is just making sure that our school district provides the best public education that we can for the students in our district. And I've seen great, I mean, there's great things happening right now at Blaine School District, really great things. And uh, I think it's gonna get better. Um, and that, that's my goal, is just to continue to work with the people on the board, with the superintendent, with the administration, um, anybody that, you know, anybody in the school district, parents, um, because I think all of us, our goal should just be to make sure that these kids have the best education possible. Great. Thank you. And Kim, we'll, we'll stick with you, uh, and then we'll, we'll go to Jim. I know, again, it, it's sort of an interesting dynamic since you all are in different, uh, different races, but um, what would you do to address uh, mental health uh, and depression and anxiety, which has, has recently uh, increased uh, significantly based on, on reporting in, in schools? We'll start with you, Kim, and, and then we'll move back to Jim. Kimberly or I'm sorry, Kimberly. <laughs> Um, he, again, that's kind of nebulous. The school districts now are, um, they're fantastic, but they're also asked to be providing so much for everybody. You know, um, I don't like to, I don't like to hearken back and say like my, when I grew up, it was the good old days, but it was very different. The schools, you know, you went to school, you had, you know, you did your stuff, you came home. Now, um, Schools are providing so many more services for their students, um, and it's fantastic. And I know, like, in our school district, you know, there's mental health counselors. The teachers are working. Um, teachers work with parents, with students. If they see a child that they think may be sliding, having difficulties, um, I honestly, I, um, one of my children suffered with that. We went through a rough period, and it was fantastic because the teacher, you know, teachers came and talked to me. We worked as a group. And we got through it, you know, and I think that's the best thing you can do. I personally don't think m myself that I individually can do anything. Um, my, only, my only goal would be to continue on the path that we're on right now and continue supporting these kids um, in what they need. Uh, yeah, um, so si yeah, good question, Simon. Um, this is a tough question because I believe, you know, that, that Ultimately, um, a lot of the mental health issues, you know, they start in the home. I would say we could start by not closing our schools again, like we did during COVID. 
um, I think that had a big impact on the mental health of kids. And, and I think, you know, uh, for me, it starts with hiring good, good staff that understand their, their role. Uh, and we have a lot of good ones in Linden School District, a lot of good counselors um, and, and such in the school district. But I, I believe ultimately um, mental health is important, but I, I think those support systems, we have uh, Be the One in Linden, um, our churches, our families are ultimately the place where mental health issues probably are, are addressed best. And we will now turn to uh, Tony Jefferson and Nancy Button. Uh, we'll start with, with you, Tony. Okay. Um, instructions in civics, history, and government has declined significantly in recent years. What, if anything, would you do to address this issue? So that's a good question. Thank you for that. Um, I, I noticed that, you know, there's a lot has changed since I've been in school and a lot of the uh, extracurricular and some of the, the standard um, curriculum has gone away and um, it's kind of leaving our kids, you know, not really knowing about a lot of things. And so um, when it comes to like the civics and the curriculum, uh, I'm just one of five members, so having that discussion and brainstorming of how to bring that back when we're already, um, as we stated earlier, because of COVID, when we closed down, we're trying to catch up, you know, how can we somehow incorporate that into our curriculum um, so that our kiddos are getting a well-rounded education? So, you know, I think brainstorming, for one thing, um, talking with our educators, talking with our fellow board members on how how best to uh, approach that um, is what I would do. Thank you. Do I get 30 seconds or 90? Thir 30 seconds is a response, and then the Thank next you. question, you'll get 90 seconds. Thank you. Yeah, so okay. you take turns. All right, as an educator, um, I noticed that what is tested is what is taught. And civics was never tested. History was never tested in the in the elementary level, so very few teachers taught civics. In the fifth grade level in um, Ferndale School District, I was the only teacher who taught the U.S. Constitution because I thought it was very important for the kids to know this. So anyone who went through Mrs. Button's class in fifth grade was taught the U.S. Constitution. I think it is absolutely important for civic education. Thank you. And then, uh, Nancy, the, the next question uh, goes to you. Uh, and it's, it's the same question that I asked uh, earlier at the beginning. How do you balance uh, the interest of the state in providing an excellent publication with uh, parental interest in educating uh, children? I appreciate that question because that's a huge one that's on my mind. Um, I know that the state has money tied to the edicts that comes from the state of what we're supposed to teach. And that's not always what every teacher wants to teach. And so I think transparency with parents is the best way to address the disparity between what comes from the state and what parents want their children to know by showing it to them. What do you think of this? Here is something that we are supposed to be teaching in our classrooms. Do you agree with this? If you do, great. If you don't, Please come and speak up about it and let your voices be heard. I really want parental involvement in the schools, and I want to encourage any taxpayer, parent, 
interested party in the Ferndale School District to come and talk to me about their interests. What is it that you want for your children by the time they graduate at 18? Tony Jefferson. Can, can you just repeat it again? Please? Yes. How, how do you balance the interest of the state in providing an excellent public education to students and the interest of parents uh, in their involvement in their children's education? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, being able to find balance between stakeholders, uh, your local uh, parents, and what their needs are, just, you know, just as men uh, Nancy mentioned, you know, getting their involvement, getting their input. Um, I think it's nice to think that they're going to come to the classroom or they're going to come to the school board and make their statements, but really parents are busy. Parents are busy, so trying to get out to where they are, go to where they are, and get their input. And then being able to advocate as a board member at the legislative uh, sessions and going out and reaching out to those legislative um, people um, to be able to advocate as to what the people that you've spoken to want. So being that conduit, being able to advocate and being able to organize uh, our community members, um, whether it's a, you know writing letters to our, you know, our governor or senators or legislative people, you know, that's a way we would be able to organize and advocate for our students. Thank you. Thank you. And we will now turn, sorry, I stole your microphone, to, uh, with uh, Kevin Erickson, Ferndale School Board. And, uh, you know, since, since both of you sort of touched on it in, in the opening, uh, what is the, the best quality that you view in, in your opponent and something that you think contrasts yourself? Uh, and we'll start with you, Kevin. Sure. Good, good question, um, and I think it's always important to be looking at your opponents and, and what can be going on. I think probably the thing that Beth brings that I don't have experience with is the homeschooling um, environment and how those things work. Um, I think it's important to have multiple perspectives within things. Um, I think that's one thing given you know that I've been through myself through the traditional schools, my children through traditional schools, um, listening to everybody's input. Um, there are, COVID was great for producing polarity within society and it spread into the schools. Um, I try to bring back to what is the common ground? What can we all agree on? Everybody agrees, uh, at least I haven't found anybody yet that you know doesn't want their kids to be safe, doesn't want their kids to be well-educated. So how can we work on that goal, focus on that together as a group and maybe try to avoid some of the far extreme differences that are there. Thank you. Um, I think the difference that I bring to the table is that I'm approachable. And that was one of the things I said is that people can come to me and talk to me and say, hey, this is my problem. I've been on doorsteps. I think we, we might have to take a, take a pause. And now maybe you and I take turns on this microphone. I apologize. I think. Can you hear me now? Okay. I think the one thing that I bring to the table at this point is that I'm approachable and that I can talk to people and, and people can come to me and tell me I've been on doorsteps and listening to parents and teachers and uh, citizens' problems that they've had from the schools. And it's, it's a myriad of issues from I didn't even know that there was a problem with an earthquake fault line on underneath the school to traffic issues with one school. And I want to be able to be that person that people can come to and everything in between. So thank you. Testing. Okay, it sounds like, I don't know, maybe the microphone just... It doesn't like 
didn't didn't uh, work over there for some reason. Um, so the next question is for Beth Perry for school board, and it is, how do you view the role of the school board in working with the superintendent, and what do you think that relationship will look like in the future? Thank you. I think that it's a really interesting question. Um, we have a very new superintendent, and I've been very impressed with what she is doing. She's come into us when we're dusting ourselves off from a pandemic, and she's put in place um, a fantastic... Um, you Belong campaign, and I've heard that the children love it, the parents love it, but I think there's um, some gaps in implementing it with the teachers, and I think that that's where we need to find out what's going on. The bullying issue is not being addressed, and so I want to work with her on that one. I think she's doing a fantastic job. I've seen her out working in our community far more than I have her predecessor, and I think that I'm just going to look forward to really working with our Dr. Dominguez. And the same question for Kevin Erickson, Ferndale School Board. So definitely the relationship is one of a mutual trust and support. Dr. Dominguez has brought great things to our district, um, and it's been great to work with her as a board um, just because of her interest in and um, importance that she puts in the students and bringing forth. Every student needs to feel like they belong. Every student needs to be feeling safe within the schools. And I think as a board, supporting that and encouraging that to spread out into areas, other areas where, um, you know, we need to come back from COVID and the pandemic. Thank you very much. And with that, folks, uh, you know, I wish we had more time for uh, everyone, but I think everyone has, has gotten a question in, uh, in, with equal time there. So... I will go ahead and call the, the next candidates up. You know who you are. And if you could give these candidates another round of applause. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but I think this is one of or the only real school board forms that is in all of Whatcom County, at least, that sort of has, has everyone here. So appreciate you uh, giving up an evening to, uh, to be here. This is a Whatcom County School Board candidate forum here on KGMI. It is brought to you by Common Threads Northwest here on KGMI Bellingham, HD2 92.9 FM in Bellingham. And while this shuffle is taking place, uh, there's also a uh, few, I believe, candidates that are here that are, are running for school board um, that maybe do not uh, have an opponent or something like that. And so if that, uh, if that is you, would you mind just uh, standing if you are running for office but you're not a panelist, we wanted to, uh, you know, we didn't have time to include everybody. But if you are uh, running but do not have an opponent, would you please stand and uh, I'll, and would you, would you state your, your name, by the way, in the, in the school board district that you were running for? Thank you very much. Kevin, you said. Thank you very much. Kevin, Mount Baker District 3 as a write in candidate. And Kush Rar in the Linden School District. Did I miss anybody? Great. I guess you all get the, uh, the dimmer lights. There you go. Once again, we're live here on KGMI from uh, Meridian High School. 
A second uh, panel of school board candidates is assembling now here in the auditorium. Northwest and Asset Advisors, thank you for sponsoring tonight's forum. We are here in Meridian High School and we are hosting a candidate forum for school board members in Whatcom County. We are going to begin, as we did on the previous panel, with introductory remarks. We will start with Riley Sweeney and we will work our way down. You have two minutes to introduce yourself. You will then uh, be asked a question. We'll probably start on the other side. You will have 90 seconds uh, for an initial answer. Your opponent will have 30 seconds for rebuttal, and you will take turns in that similar format. Uh, with that, if everybody is ready to begin, we will start with Riley Sweeney, Meridian School Board. Hello, everyone. My name is Riley Sweeney, and I'm running for Meridian School Board, position number five. Um, I live over on East Pole Road. I've lived in Whatcom County for 20 years, and I love it here. I have two kids, a two-year-old and a six-year-old, and my six-year-old's going to Irene Ryther, and he is having a great time, which is wonderful. But our teachers are really struggling. Anyone who's talked to any of our teachers knows they are having a rough time, and they need our help. They need a school board that has their back. So I'm running for school board because I want to support our teachers. That means more hands in the classroom, paraeducators, the materials they need, a projector that has maybe a light bulb in it that's been changed since 1995, some of those kind of basic stuff. I'm also passionate about advocating for our extracurriculars, right? So FFA, art, music, theater, they're the things that keep kids engaged in the classroom and off their vape and off their phones and out of trouble. It's, it's not a silver bullet for our problems, but it can go a long way towards making sure that kids are engaged in their education. So I'm passionate about our extracurriculars. Lastly, I am, my, my core value is making sure that our schools are a welcoming place for all families. You know, we, uh, Meridian used to be a school district for the 10 farming families that lived on the two roads out here. But uh, we've, we've grown quite a bit since then. Irene Ryther has 763 students right now, and they're on track to have over 1,000 by 2028. That's big. That's growing fast. That's a lot of different families, right? Families that may not look like us or sound like me. So we got to make sure that our schools are a welcoming place for everyone, no matter what their family looks like, no matter where they come from that they are welcome and supported in our schools. So my name is Riley Sweeney. You can find out more at SweeneyForSchoolBoard.com or you can find me on all the social medias. And I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Well, good evening and uh, thank you for joining us. I love seeing so many community members um, interested in our kids and in Meridian. Um, I'm gonna ask you to vote to act. And as the founder of the Meridian Parent Coalition and our acronym ACT, which is for accountability, communication, and transparency, it's been created for families who felt their concerns of unbiased classrooms, age-appropriate curriculum, and building safety were not heard by much of our board or our administration. So it's no coincidence that this is also the platform for my campaign. I'm the fourth generation of a Hispanic Laurel farming family I am an alumni, a wife, and a mother to three amazing children. My connection to the community runs deep, and the last years have escalated my concerns for Meridian as both an educator and a community employer. I believe the role and responsibilities of public schools is to respect parent rights, including our values and our beliefs. 
When state mandates pass, I will act with intention to find the best approach, taking more time to listen, collaborate, and find creative solutions to fulfill requirements for all students and families. We need more robust opt-out efforts and ease of curriculum review. I'm a critical thinker and comfortable in, different conver in difficult conversations. I'm prepared to review policies and suggest change. Our OSP score, uh, scorecard shows science and math less than our neighboring schools. We can learn from those other schools. Uh, our fiscal responsibility with resident taxes while providing increased focus on mental health, special education, and staff support is going to take a joint effort between the school district staff, the board, and our community. Uh, and I've learned this from volunteering with our Meridian Strategic Planning Committee, uh, which has left me wanting to be more of our part of more of our solutions. Uh, safety is a priority, uh, focused on accessibility improvements to our buildings, pertaining to common use areas and individual student rights. Volunteering with Meridian Task Force has been my first step in supporting corrective action. I'm much more than 30 years of festivities and fundraisers in my community. My background in business development, international business, and collaboration with government representatives, including those with different backgrounds and affiliations than mine, has prepared me for a role on the school board. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate it. And, and by the way, if the candidates would just state your name and the position that you're running for, by the way, in your introduction, so that our folks listening over the radio know. Keep in mind that we were number 47th to reopen our schools out of 50. That's a very, very low number, and we lost a lot. Good evening. I'm Nick Saka, and I'm running for Linden School Board position number two. I'm a veteran, a college graduate, a concerned parent, a husband, and most importantly, a father. One of my daughters attends Linden Middle School, and the other attends Fisher Elementary. Over the past two years, I have attended more than 80% of the school board meetings, this has helped me to better understand how the system works. I participated on the facilities committee and also the bond task force committee. One of the things that makes me very unique as a candidate is that I have time to devote to being a school board member. I'm partially retired. We need people who can devote their time and resources in order to become a more productive school board. Consent agendas are fine, but we need to make sure that we know what we are approving and that we are readily available to the public. If you elect me, I promise I will not disappear. You will know who I am. Ask yourself, can you name all five of the people who serve on the school board? These people should be household names. In closing, I'd like to say that I'm a fighter, I'm dedicated to the cause, and I'm not going anywhere. Since the start of my campaign, I've knocked on over 1,800 doors, and I will continue to do so until Election Day. This race is very personal for me being a COVID parent. And I know that the parents are the primary stakeholders. I believe in parental rights. I don't believe that we co-parent with the state. And we need to make sure that we have local control within our district and that we are giving our children the best possible chance to succeed in life. God bless Linden Schools. Hello everyone, my name is Danny Martinez and I'm running for Linden School Board position two. Uh, I'm not just a candidate, but I'm also a proud Linden School graduate. I'm a lifelong resident of Linden. I'm also a father of three beautiful children. I'm a husband and I'm blessed to call Linden my home. Some key strengths that I bring to this director position is that I bring experienced representation as a local leader, a lifelong resident, 
a K through 12 graduate of Linden. I also have my bachelor's in psychology with human services. My master's in apologetics is still pending come this spring, fingers crossed. Um, I bring honesty, integrity, and commitment to this role. Uh, I love our kids. I work as a youth and associate pastor, and I bring over a decade worth of experience working with adolescents and partnering with local parents. I bring common sense leadership. Uh, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is ensuring that our curriculum aligns with conservative values that supports our students and promotes a positive future. Keeping our kids safe from harmful curriculum is my top priority. I have three kids, young kids. The classroom is not a place for indoctrination coming from the far left that undermines established scientific principles, such as the basic concepts of what defines a man and a woman. I firmly believe that it is important to maintain clarity. Boys are boys and girls are girls. You can't redefine scientific facts, and when you do, you create a generation that cannot critically think, and that's something I'm passionate about. That's why I study apologetics. I wanna make sure that parents have a voice, and I promise you that I will represent you, I will listen to you, and bring your concerns to the board. I wanna make sure that we are transparent as a board. One of the things I'm passionate about is communication. I believe that a well-informed community is a better community and a stronger community. Otherwise, what you don't know and when you don't understand your rights, those who do, they come in, they take those things away. I'm against that. Passionate about education and creating a stronger community together, and I hope that I can, uh, that I can count on you for your vote. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. Hi, good evening. My name is Derek Bovenkamp, and I'm running for school board. Um, for the Blaine School District, position four. My wife, Colleen, and I have an 11-year-old son enrolled in Blaine Middle School. We've lived in the Blaine School District since 2010, and I've lived in Whatcom County my entire life. You know, I think a lot of us are feeling more and more divided. A lot of the news is divisive, and we're hearing more and more about politics displacing education in schools. I don't believe the school board is a partisan position. Whatever your political beliefs are, I think parents and voters want the children in the district to get an excellent education. We need to make sure our students recover for what they lost during the COVID pandemic. Talking about what was lost, I was shocked by some of the numbers Liv gave us tonight at the opening. We have a lot of work to do. We want sound, reasonable policy decisions putting the students' educational needs first and the school district budget spent in an economical way. Parents, of course, want a school board that will listen to their concerns before making decisions. And in light of not running a partisan campaign, I've chosen not to raise or spend any money running for school board. This means you don't need to worry about yard signs or junk mail with my name on it. While this is the first time I've ran for office, I feel I'm suited for this position based on my experience on the board of directors of a nonprofit electronic medical records users group and also the board of directors of the Mount Baker Council Boy Scouts of America. This gives me a strong, good background about how good boards operate to serve in the community and in the case of the Mount Baker Council Boy Scouts of America, serve our youth and children. I'd be honored to have your vote in November. Uh, 
good evening. My name is Ben Lazarus. I am running for the District 2 seat in Blaine. Uh, back in April of this year, uh, I attended the school board meeting that was really contentious with the budget cuts and the teacher layoffs. And I stood up at that meeting and spoke in defense of the arts programs because from my experience growing up and going through school and watching my daughters that are in the school right now, the arts programs are so critical to our students, bringing them back together after COVID and putting them in separate rooms and putting little black screens in front of them that try and pull them apart. I haven't seen anything pull our kids together the way the choir does, the way the theater does. I was chaperoning uh, the choir trip down to uh, California and I was watching the beginnings of decades-long friendships. And I think that this is really crucial to our kids to pull them back in because it doesn't what kind of matter what kind of education we're going to offer. If they're not there, they're not going to get it. Um, so I, at the end of that meeting, I was kind of unhappy with how things were going. And it occurred to me that I could sit at the back and complain and point fingers, or I could put my name forward and offer my time, my experience, and my services to try and do as good a job as I can for my community and for my kids. Um, I'm a business owner, or I, I owned a business. I ran it for eight years, Westwind Marine in Point Roberts. I sold that. I'm a parent. I've got two kids who have been through the Blaine School District. They're uh, going to be graduating this year and a couple of years from now. I am a teacher. I teach post-secondary education uh, as, uh, for aircraft mechanics. I am active in the trades. I understand the value of the trades and not believing that our high schools should be university prep schools because there are many paths that work for many different people. Again, my name is Ben Lazarus. I'm running for District 2. I hope to earn your vote. Hello, friends. My name is Antonio Machado. I am running for Ferndale District uh, 2. And I am so happy to be here in front of you. Uh, I was born and raised in Mexico City. Due to crime, I had to uh, come to the United States. I was forced into this country, but let me remind you something. This is the best country in the world. And still is, with all its problems, with all its issues, it really is. I can testify about that. I firmly believe that the family unit is where values and principles are taught. I have three kids in the school district, and um, they are able to tell me and share with me what are those issues that we're seeing in this world. Unfortunately, this world is attacking the family establishment. And we live in a world where uh, they're turning right into wrong and wrong into right. And we need to make sure that it is at home where values are taught. And it is at school where we focus on education. We need to make sure that we improve academics. We need to make sure that what is being taught to our kids is focused on their future. Let's make sure that they go to colleges. Let's make sure that they go to trade schools. Let's make sure that we give them the tools to be able to be the future leaders of our world. We need to give them the confidence, the love, the empathy that they need so that they can grow and be productive in society. We need to be involved parents and we need to know what is happening at the school systems. We need to be involved and be able to help them and love them and support them. We as parents came before to this earth to help them. And I am a caring parent. And if one message I want you to take away from this 
is that I will do the best for, what, uh, for our kids. And I will make sure that I would uh, spend all the energy that I have to improve the system that we have, not forgetting uh, the great blessing that it is to live in this country. Thank you. And our Hello. final candidate. Go ahead. Thanks, Evan. Hey, everyone. My name is Brent Bodie. I'm running for the Ferndale School District, position two. Thank you so much for having me here today. I've been a Ferndale resident for the past five years. Um, I've been a Whatcom County resident for the past 14 years, which is crazy to say that time has absolutely flown as I love living in this community. Professionally, I work at Western Washington University in the Office of Admissions. Uh, I've been a higher education professional for the past 10 years of my career. I've earned both of my degrees from Western as well, both a bachelor's degree in environmental studies and policy, and most recently a master's in education uh, specifically. I find myself to be a higher education professional because it is what I'm most passionate about. It's supporting students, it's seeing students grow, it's seeing students learn, and being successful wherever they go. Uh, Part of my role in admissions is uh, being in the high schools. Over the past 10 years, I did some back of the envelope uh, calculations today. I've been to 500 high schools in the past 10 years. Um, I've been in the schools, I've met with the students, I've met with principals, teachers, high school counselors. Um, we see the gaps, we know they're there, and we want to address that. Bringing our students back into the classroom, being able to bring them together um, so that they can learn from one another, so that they can build community with one another, um, and so that they want to be good learners. It is going to start with our students, and it's also gonna start with our parents in the home. I wanna see that our communication lines can be opened. I wanna see uh, that we can get together and have open communication streams, learn from one another, have those discussions, have your students begin to learn that learning is also fun. Uh, I wanna see that our students can become inquisitive, that they want to find that piece of information and go and learn how to find it themselves, to go to that librarian and find that book that's going to have the answer to the thing they're looking for, um, or maybe pose some more questions for themselves. This is a nonpartisan race. Um, I specifically am, uh, became a candidate because it's a nonpartisan race. Um, I want to see that we can unite both sides and be able to bring our families together to make better students for the future. Thanks so much. My name is Brent Bodie, Ferndale position two. Thank you. Riley's looking at me thinking I'm gonna ask him the first question, but you know what, we're gonna start at the end there actually. Uh, and the first question goes to you, Brent. Uh, and that question is, uh, every election involves making a contrast between yourself and your opponent. What do you view as the biggest contrast and why should voters place their faith in you? Um, well, I think what I was just saying. So thanks for the continuation. Um, the Ferndale school, or school boards in general are nonpartisan. Um, I think one of the biggest struggles that we're seeing um, in society and within our civics, within our politics, um, is that we're bringing politics into everything. Um, of the six candidates running for Ferndale school board, I am the only candidate not endorsed by any political party. Um, I think bringing politics into the schools is what creates a lot of friction it causes a lot of problems, and it closes a lot of doors. And so I wanna see that we can have these conversations, leave the politics out of it, leave the slate of candidates out of it, um, leave both parties out of it. This is about our students. This is about our students and their connection with their families, their teachers, their administrators, and I wanna see that they can be successful 
in that same right. Antonio Machado. Same question? Yes, that's right. Very good. Thank you for that question. I think that uh, me and my opponent cannot be more polar opposites when it comes to our value set. I say that very respectfully. I am a family man. I believe that our kids are to be um, loved and taught at home. And in this case, uh, my opponent focuses too much on the high school education when the school district is, starts at a very young age. We need to make sure that we support them at all levels and that we are there to, to help them out. I have kids in the school system. I understand what their concern is. I have been a longtime Whatcom County uh, resident, and, and um, I, I'm not recent to Ferndale or Whatcom County, and I understand the school system Thank through you. the eyes of our kids. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. your answer. The, the next question, uh, we'll go actually, we'll stick with, uh, with Antonio Machado. And that question is, what will you do to improve learning outcomes in the Ferndale School District? That is, uh, that is a very good uh, question. And um, really, uh, what I would do to improve the learning outcomes is use my experience. Um, I'm a chemist. I um, I'm actually, in the work that I do is a lobbyist for the oil and gas industry. And we have learned that in order to get uh, progress into things, we need to educate. We need to make sure that we understand uh, the problems that we have. I have been able to... Um, understand consulting. So what I would do is to make sure that we do a thorough analysis as a chemist that the science background helps me uh, with that practice I can be able to look analyze at something dissect it look for gaps and weaknesses and work on that and the good thing that I have is that I like to work with people and I think that I would be very good at working with the board to make sure that we find that common goal and that we work on it and we improve and little by little make sudden small improvements that they will accumulate and aggregate to make sure that we're making a, a huge dent with time. Thank you. And <laughs> response from Mr. Bodie. That's for me to, to add to? Oh, okay. No, it's it's oh. to me. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Apologize. Um, so for our uh, classroom environment for improving um, outcomes, is that right, Simon? That's right. Yes. Great. Um, what I want to see is having supportive, community-based learning, allow our students to explore, to find the things that they're passionate about, and to bring those passions to one another. Um, finding outcomes for students starts with getting them together and to begin that learning. Um, we're seeing a large, huge increase in our absenteeism in our, in our students, and being able to bring them back to class, to incentivize them back into class, so that they have the things that they want to learn, and that they're able to grow from that. Community-based learning is about bringing everyone together, and it's about bringing those students so that they can learn from their peers, so they can be accountable from one another, and that they can rely on one another as much as the adults in their life. Thank you. Now we will turn to uh, Ben. And can you remind me how to say your last name, Ben? Lazarus. Lazarus. Okay, Lazarus. That's, that's what I thought. Uh, in the Blaine School District. There you. <laughs> um, and. Ben, the question for you for Blaine is uh, 
similar to the question that I've asked the previous panel, how do you view the role of the superintendent and what do you anticipate the relationship look to, to look like uh, in working with the superintendent's office? All right. It's a complicated situation with our superintendent, and I think this is going to be one of the biggest challenges that I would face if I'm elected because he's, he's well-liked by a number of the people that he works very closely with, and he is not well-liked by the teachers. And that's something that needs to be resolved. The relationship between the board and the superintendent, I think, is a complex uh, relationship where we need to work together collaboratively as a team. There needs to be a mutual trust between whoever the superintendent is and the board, but it cannot be forgotten that the superintendent works for the board. And in the end, myself, if I'm elected, and the other four mem uh, board members are uh, the boss, and we need and we have the power to dismiss him if he's not doing the job that we need to do. Um, so that will be a big challenge in trying to resolve this this problem where he is not trusted or liked uh, by too many of the teachers. Um, so that'll be one of the biggest uh, uh, challenges and one of the first things I would be working on. Response from Derek Bovenkamp for Blaine School District. Yeah, thank you. So. Um, you know, as, as a board, you, you, you set leadership and policy, and you have to work closely with the superintendent because they're the person that goes out and executes that policy. So um, as, as a hopefully a future board member, I, I, I would like to think I'd have a good relationship with the superintendent, and uh, you have to see that they're going and executing on that direction that the board has given. Uh, ben had a really good point there. The superintendent... Um, you know, work, works for the students, but is responsible to the board. So, um, if they're if 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 the superintendent is executing on that policy, um, then that's great. If not, then you have to go to a different direction. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to stay with you, Mr. Bovenkamp. And the question is. How do you balance the interest of the state in providing an excellent public education to their students? and the interest of parents wanting to be invested in the education their children receive. Thank you, Simon. So, um, you know, that, 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 that's a good question. And, you know, I, I, I think obviously as a board, you, you, have to follow the, you have to follow the law. You can't ask uh, the superintendent to do something that's against the law. So um, there was another board member up here that said that you, need, uh, you needed to be open with parents, and, and I agree with that. So if something's happening that's not, that is required by law, that's not something that you agree with, you, you have to tell parents about that and, and uh, go talk to your elected representatives to get it changed. Um, but, I, but I think a lot of education in, um, in the school district is local. So you gotta listen to parents. Parents you know, know what's best for their children and you need to listen to them to make sure that uh, they're pleased with the education that their students are getting. Thank you. And a response from Ben Lazarus, Blaine School District. Um, I think the question implies that there's a, a conflict and that one side wants bad things for the kids and the other side wants good things for the kids. And I don't think anyone in this room, none of us that are sitting here and volunteering our time for, this is an unpaid position, right? Like, we all want good things for our kids. 
The parents want good things for the kids. I haven't met the teacher that doesn't want good things for our kids. And I think the biggest breakdown and problem I'm seeing is a lack of open communication among all the interested parties. Uh, something like the Peach Jar app or, or whatever uh, method we can find to improve communication, I think is going to uh, really reduce a lot of the problems that I'm seeing. Thank you very much. Uh, and with that, we will now turn to the Linden School District. Uh, and we have uh, Danny Martinez and Nick Sakwa, who are both running. Did I say that right, Nick? I'm sorry. Well, you'll get a chance to correct me in a moment. Uh, Sakwa, thank you. The, the first question will go to Danny Martinez. And that question is, Contrast yourself with your opponent. What do you believe is their best quality, and what is a quality that you believe you provide that your opponent may not? Well, that's an easy one. Um, I, think, I, I think that Nick is very good at being an awesome parent. I wish that more parents in Linden were like Nick, involved and wanting to make a difference in the community, and I, I sincerely commend him for that. All of us up here are up here because we love our kids, we love our community, or our grandkids, and and this is a volunteer position, it's unpaid. And so I think that one of the very similar things that we both share is that, that we both care about our community. And so I wish that more parents were like Nick. I think one of the biggest things that contrasts us is the amount of experience that we have working with adolescents. That's what I do for a living. It's what I've dedicated the last decade of my life is doing is pouring into these kids and not just into the kids, but in the parents, because it is a partnership and the guardians and I'm an advocate for parental rights. I'm an advocate for these kids. And if I'm a director on the school board, that's not going to stop. It's an extension of what I'm already doing. I want to listen to our community, and I want to make sure that they're heard. Um, and so I would say that that's the biggest difference. And the same question for Nick Saka. I think Danny's a great... I think Danny is a great father. Uh, this, let's yeah, swap my friend. I want that time back. Uh, Restart the, the clock, ref. So I think Danny is a great father. And um, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to get up here and run. But you know, where we contrast, he said, I, I, you know, I don't have experience with kids. But I can tell you what I do have experience with. I have experience with knowing that sending my kids to school wearing a mask, OK, uh, whenever they, they really didn't have to. And, and having nobody listen to me was a pivotal moment in my life as a parent. And I will tell you one thing right now, I will not turn my back on any parent. And furthermore, I really like the fact that Danny went ahead and read my flyer. He took about half of my uh, platform, so thanks, Danny. Testing, testing. Uh, it sounds like this is good enough. I guess for some reason these mics want to take turns going back and forth. Uh, this next question, we will start with uh, Nick for Linden School Board. And the question is, gender identity has become an increasingly polarizing issue across the country. How do you view this issue? For example, do you believe that biological gen genders that are different from each other should be allowed to compete against each other in youth sports? Wow, this is playing right into my hand. This is an awesome question. So here's the thing. The New York Times, who is no friend of the conservative base, wrote an article about Title IX and about women's sports. And they said the biggest thing, the biggest roadblock to it, is the fact 
that is based on sex, which is defined at birth. And unless you change Title IX and you put in there, it is what you feel you are on a random Tuesday in October, then guess what? You cannot compete in female sports if you're a man or if you're a boy. So for me, we need to stay strong to Title IX. We need to make sure that we're defending our daughters, and we need to make sure they have an even playing field. Any time that one boy competes on a sporting team that is designed for all girls, that is one opportunity that a girl does not have to compete, and that could be my daughter, that could be your granddaughter, that could be your sister. And this insanity needs to stop. We need to make sure, we need to make sure that we are moving forward in the right direction and we are not distracting our children. If you're 25 years old and you want to do something to your body and you want to, um, and you want to experiment with these things, by all means. But 18 and under, stay away from our kids. Thank you. Thank you. And a response from Danny Martinez, Linden School Board. I couldn't agree more with Nick. It's uh, one of the things I made sure to include in my opening statement, boys are boys and girls are girls. Um, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is making sure that my kids grow up in an even better community than I had the opportunity to grow up in. I have a four-year-old daughter, and it, it, it burdens me of the thought that she one day may have to compete against biological boys. That's wrong. She'll lose every time not because she's not capable but because it's the way we're designed men and women are designed physically different and so it's one thing that for me i'm very passionate about cannot allow boys to be in girls sports um, and as well in locker rooms it's it's just grossly inappropriate and it's it's a darn shame that our nation is getting to this place and for me i i'm i'm so against that thank you thank you Danny. Let's see if the Meridian microphones work for the Meridian School District candidates. It sounds like we're on. Great. Thank you for testing that. Uh, we will, the, the first question will go to Michelle Simmons uh, for the Meridian uh, School District. And that question is, if elected, what would be your number one priority, the school board? Oh, that, thank you. Uh, my number one priority is bringing students back to Meridian. Our enrollment is flat. And our future, I don't see the same uh, projections that are being shared in our board meetings and in our facility task force meetings. Parents are no longer choosing Meridian. Parents within our district are no longer choosing Meridian. I'd like to bring Meridian to a place that we excel in, excellent in, in our academics, we excel in our extracurricular activities, children, are, roadblocks are removed for transportation, roadblocks are removed for any kind of participation or tools for success that a child needs. Obviously, right now, with flat enrollment and not hiring new teachers, but actually working through attrition for the next two years is what our budgets show, um, that leaves me wanting more for our schools. I stayed here for 50 years because I wanted my kids to go to school here. I would like my grandchildren to go to school here. But things need to change, and they need to change rather quickly. And the only way we can do that is through a collaborative effort with our community and our families, our staff, and our students. Well, I, 
I agree with my opponent. Uh, there at the end, we need to get our parents and our families off the bench and engaged in our schools, right? So other, our other school districts, Blaine, Linden, they have cities in which they can wrap their community around. Meridian has two roads, right? Our schools are our community centers, right? They are the places where we gather, where our hearts are broken, where our hopes are, are explored. They're, they're, they're the dreams of our community, and they need to be places where everybody feels welcome. So what's gonna be my number one priority? I'm gonna make sure that our community knows that our schools are welcoming places for all families. Thank you. And Riley Sweeney running for Meridian School Board. Uh, the question we will ask you is the same one we asked to uh, uh, Danny and to Nick, um, gender identity has been a very polarizing issue uh, across the country. How do you view this issue? You know, for example, do you believe that uh, somebody born into a different uh, biological sex should be allowed to compete uh, against somebody of a, a different or opposite sex in youth sports? Well, I, I have to say I view this issue as a distraction. I view this as a national issue that's trickling down to our community because uh, it's, it's just not something that we need to be freaking out about at Meridian. Our kids can't get our students to transition between activities, much less transition between genders. We need to be supporting our students, supporting our teachers, and letting them know that this is uh, a place where they can be who they are. You talk about youth sports and, and the dangers of uh, you know, a guy pretending to be a girl and competing in men's sports. If you know a high school guy who's willing to pretend to be a girl for an extended period of time just so he can win a swim meet, oh my gosh, really? That's the choices we're going to make? We need to focus on real issues here in our community, and that means supporting our teachers and supporting the curriculum and making sure that we're making our schools an even better place to be. And an answer from Michelle Simmons, Meridian School Board. So my response is going to uh, be a little bit different than, than Riley's. Um, as a mother to uh, a female athlete who's extremely competitive, um, I do have concerns about her participating in sports with a biological male. Uh, first for her safety. Um, I know there's concerns with volleyball, and if a male is coming at my daughter with, with uh, the force that is behind a, a male athlete, um, there's potential for injury. Um, I also have concerns that this could also take away her experiences uh, for college, scholarships. Uh, you're really setting the bar high, and she is in sports that we are seeing male competitors. That's both volleyball and track and field. Thank you. And, you know, typically I always feel like these things uh, end up taking more time than we intend them. We, we do have a little bit of extra time. So, uh, Riley, we're going to start with you, actually. One minute sort of closing statement. If there's something we didn't touch on uh, that I missed in my questions, you know, this is, this is your opportunity to address that. And we'll start, start with you, and then we'll end with, uh, with Brent at the Ferndale School Board. I can't believe we're ahead of time. That's amazing. You, you've uh, been to enough, enough of these events, you know that yeah. that is not typical. Thank you, everybody, for your brevity. Um, again, my name's Riley Sweeney. I'm r running for Meridian School Board. Um, you know, it, my professional experience, that's what I didn't get to talk about. You know, for the last eight years, I've served the city of Ferndale as their communications officer and uh, their public information officer for the Ferndale Police Department. 
which means that I'm used to navigating difficult discussions, right? Communicating with the community is a two-way street. That's listening and talking. Sometimes some communication officers forget that. But I'm all about navigating difficult discussions with the community. And so that prepares me well for this role. Um, you know, I, I, I believe heart and soul that if you want to make the schools better, you got to get in there and do the work. That's one of the things I appreciate about Michelle. She jumps in with both feet and she's ready to do the work. So am I. I'm ready to fight for what makes our schools an even better place. Uh, I'm the president of the Irene Ryther PTA. We've got our Trojan Trot coming up October 6th. So if you're looking to volunteer, it's a great opportunity to get involved. Uh, beyond that, you can learn more about me at SweeneyForSchoolBoard.com. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle Simmons, Meridian School Board. Uh, like, what I like to tell my employees is to act the role before it's yours. And so that's what I've been doing for the last three years with the uh, creation of the coalition, my uh, co uh, commitment to our strategic planning committee, our five-year plan, and also our facilities task force. I'm ready to be part of all of it. Um, I also have to say that I'm, I'm not a politician, but I am well-versed in the, the culture of Meridian. Um, my sole focus is, again, exceptional school experience uh, for all of our students, life preparedness, including uh, the career and technical education program, um, along with a sense of belonging for our families. I know what it feels like to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, I'm in the middle of what we've been talking about, creating a community celebration honoring 50 years of female sports at Meridian. I have contacted the eight varsity players from 1973 that paved the way for all the young ladies that are taking the court now, and they will all, with the exception of one who lives in California, be present to finally receive their varsity letters. So Meridian is home. It's not just my Thank address. You. It's home. It's my roots. It's where I've been planted, and I am here to serve my community. Thank you. Thank you all. In closing, I'd like to say that there was a, uh, a few school board um, candidates up here that talked about how these races are nonpartisan. If anybody tells you that they're nonpartisan, you need to do a little bit more research. Everything is partisan. And if you take a look at 40 years ago and you track whenever they started to become nonpartisan, you will see that spending has increased and quality of education has decreased. And what we need to do is we need to get back on track. So elect conservative school board members. Also, I will say this. Walk around your town. Look at what yards those signs are in. If a candidate has a yard in a progressive uh, family's front yard, you may not want to vote for that candidate. So just keep that in mind. If you want to follow my campaign, go to Nick for Linden School Board on Facebook. You can reach out to me. I have flyers out there with my phone number and email. Remember, these races are partisan, and that's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was telling you that he Thank didn't you. exist. Danny Martinez, Linden School Board. I love this town. Um, I love Linden. I love this community. I'm a lifelong resident, and I am passionate about our kids. And when I say that, I don't just say that because it sounds good, but I mean, I have dedicated my life, blood, sweat, and tears to these students. We all want what's best for our kids. I advocate for their safety, not just uh, within their, their walls, but outside of them. I'm, I'm there at 9, 10 at night when life is falling apart. And for me to be there is 
it's an honor, and I would be humbled to have your support in this. And Nick said something very good, and I'm going to piggyback on that. The biggest deception that we have in America is, is this, did God really say, this line cannot be there? And, uh, and for me, I think that on school boards, we need to take back power and bring it back to the local level, give it back to parents. And so if you vote for me, I will be an advocate for you. If you want more information, I'll be over there in the lobby, or you can check me out on Facebook, Danny, um, for WA. And uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Derek Bovenkamp for Blaine School District. You know, I, I think that um, I, I just like to get to work and uh, help, help our youth. Um, I, I can promise that if elected, I will listen to all the parents and, and you know, always have my door open uh, to listen to any concerns. But um, I, I think coming out of COVID, we, we have a lot of work to do. And um, we need to make sure that our youth are not constantly behind in their life uh, because of what they missed uh, attending school remotely for a couple of years. Thank you. Ben Lazarus, Blaine right, ben School La Board. Ben Lazarus, District 2 for Blaine. Um, when I bought my business back in... 2007, I guess it was, there were a lot of things that I saw that I didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. I thought they were stupid. And when I bought the business, I resolved for the first several months at least to change nothing, to just watch what was being done, understand why things were being done. Six months later, I made a lot of changes, but I didn't make those changes until I'd done a lot of listening, listening to the staff, listening to the customers, figuring out why things were done the way they were done. The biggest problem I'm seeing in the school board with what I've seen revolves around communication. Parents not understanding why decisions have been made, teachers not being able to hear parents. We need to improve the, the communication so we can tap the resource of parent volunteers, get them involved. If we want to get parents involved at a grassroots level with our kids, we should open up volunteer opportunities, make it easier for them to get involved. I was sitting at the PTO meetings, I've been to every PTO meeting and just seeing that parents aren't feeling enabled to get involved in their schools and we need to, to break down that barrier. Thank you. And the final candidates we'll hear from, Antonio Machado for the Ferndale School District. Antonio Machado, Ferndale School District 2, and I would like to share with you my priority number one, and it is um, that I will love and empathize with our kids, meet them where they are at. That is my goal. At the same time, I would like to finish with a quote. It's uh, a child uh, educated only at school is an uneducated child. I really think that we need to let school focus on secular matters and I really think that the principles and values are taught at home. I am here to help our kids in whatever endeavor I need to get in to be able to help them prosper, learn, and focus on academia so that they can be successful and valiant in the future that is coming to them. I will be uh, there for them and help them out. Thank you very much for your support. And last but not least, Brent Bodie, Ferndale School District. Go ahead, Brent, Brent. Bodie, Ferndale School District, position two. 
Um, I'm also going to share a bit about my um, kind of big buckets as I like to think about them. The first is um, maybe the biggest one is we have an upcoming levy. Uh, and so that will be one of the first priorities of our board, of our board after the election is making that decision on um, what is that levy going to look like, engaging with our community, um, making sure that our Ferndale community, both as a school um, and as a city, uh, are ready to be able to vote and have the right decision made for that very, very important piece of education, funding our education. I also would like to see the improvement of our mental health um, of our students and of our families. We've gone through a lot through the pandemic, um, being able to have uh, everyone come together uh, and work through those problems, work through that learning loss and get back onto track um, so that we can both improve our scores, so that our students can be good learners um, and that they can go on to whatever it is after high school, whether that's a career, technical college, community college or a four-year university, um, that all of our students are ready to succeed in that way. And my last one uh, is to see that we decrease the amount of absenteeism that we're seeing. And I'll leave you with this fact. Uh, our students who have a gender X marker instead of male or female uh, have the lowest rate of absenteeism in the Ferndale School District, according to the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give every uh, candidate here another round of applause, folks. You know, I, I just want to say to all of you and to everyone here, we really do appreciate your time. You know, we know that this is uh, time out of your schedule, that as, as I think all of you have said, this is oftentimes feels like a thankless job, and yet all of you have, have stepped up and are willing to do it. And, and especially thank you to everybody that's here tonight. You know, uh, it really means a lot that you took time out of your day uh, because you care about these issues. I know that there's been a variety of viewpoints provided to you, and you've been respectful, and I think it's just so important for people with differing views to be able to come uh, to disagree without being disagreeable. So uh, thanks for modeling uh, that for us. I, I'm assuming these candidates are happy to stick around to answer questions uh, if, you, if you'd like. And uh, I'd also like to just, before we leave one more time, um, to, to those of you that are on the Common Threads board or that helped organize this, would you mind just, just standing? Again, you, we know that this is also a lot of details involved for planning these types of things. So would you just stand if you help to, uh, to organize this event? Thank you for that. Uh, with that, I would like to say everyone have a great evening. Enjoy the, uh, the final summery, warm feeling days before it gets really dark. And uh, God bless. Take care, everyone. <laughs>